This is Folklife Field Notes, a podcast with WMRA and the Virginia Folklife Program at Virginia Humanities, exploring living traditions in Virginia through sound recorded by the Folklife Program. I'm Chris Boros with WMRA, and I'm here with Pat Jarrett from the Folklife Program. Pat, always great to see you. What have you brought us today? Well, I went and visited another one of our apprenticeship teams, Mac Trainum and Ashley Watkins, and they're actually down in Floyd County as well. It's quite a concentrated group of musicians. But the interesting thing is, Mac is an old-time musician, but he kind of plays anything. Ashley is learning old-time rhythm guitar from him, specifically backing guitar so that she can sing over it. But Mac kind of fills in any gap in in an old-time jam, which is really interesting. He plays guitar, fiddle, banjo, a little bit of mandolin, a little bit of whatever needs filling in because he is much more interested in playing in a jam in a community than playing a concert. How did you find them? Well, Mac is kind of everywhere in Floyd County. He grew up actually in the church. He learned music in the church. He learned how to harmonize with the hymnals. And then he uh, picked up a guitar and, of course, you know, learned the pop music of the day, learned about the Beatles, started playing in high school, and then he got a banjo. And then he was splitting his time between uh, North Carolina and a family's farm here in Virginia. And he said he grew up with a fond feeling for the, the hills and the mountains of southwest Virginia. And he realized at a young age that that's where he wanted to spend his life. Oh, I grew up in a small town in North Carolina. My dad was a minister of a Presbyterian church in a town church. And he was born on a farm in South Side, Virginia, above the North Carolina line. And my mom was from another county, also born in a rural setting. So we went back to the farm a lot to visit. So that's kind of how I ended up loving the countries and wanting to make it a part of my lifestyle. Church music was what I heard the most, piano with uh, singing and and as a preacher's kid, we were involved in all the stuff, including the choirs and got some sense of how harmonies fitted and you could follow them in the hymn books. He wanted to play the music of Southwest Virginia for the rest of his life. And that's what he's been doing. That's what he's been doing, and that's kind of how Ashley sought him out. And the interesting thing is, Ashley is not at all from the mountains of southwest Virginia. (laughs) She's from Australia. Wow. And her father was a flat picker. She kind of grew up around the bluegrass music. She said the family vacation every year was to the only bluegrass festival in Australia. (laughs) But also, the bluegrass that they would listen to in Australia was a little bit different yeah. than the bluegrass and old time and traditional music that is played in Southwest Virginia where it was born. The music is just so rooted over here. Um, Australia gets to hear whatever makes it over to Australia and there's a whole lot that gets left out. And I'm very fortunate for the time that I've been able to spend here. I only wish that all of my uh, bluegrass and old-time picking friends in Australia could uh, be exposed to this kind of culture and they would hear the difference in it too, I know. It's hard to put your finger on what it is. You, you know it when you hear it. 
but I guess it's more traditional. I'm definitely more, my ear is definitely more tuned for that traditional sound. So yeah, we're kind of more exposed to more contemporary styles. So if it's an old time string band, probably more on the old uh, contemporary uh, side of the spectrum and like, same with the bluegrass too. But uh, the majority has definitely got more of a progressive edge and that's not bad, you know, that's just what it is. She really took to Mac's approach to music. His approach is very unpretentious. He plays music to support the other musicians and to support the dances. But I like the fact that it brings people together and dancing communities as far as the banjo fiddle stuff and then people that like good old time songs. It's nice to share the songs and keep them alive. I'm attracted to the sound more than the words in a lot of cases. don't like to sing songs with scary words and things much, but I will. But uh, it's the fact that it's, it's part of the record and it's part of the history. And uh, we don't need to ignore that. Mac is like the opposite of a rock star. <laughs> but that fact alone makes him very popular in Southwest Virginia. It makes him a rock star. Absolutely. So he's not up on stage trying to get accolades for his virtuoso soloing. He's there to back up everybody else. Correct. That's cool. correct. And actually, he, he was talking to me about it. I said, well, who, who's your influence? Who, who can you point to? Mac played with his wife, Jenny. He plays with his family. He picks with anybody who will have him. But he said he specifically named Hick and Sue Edmonds, specifically Sue Edmonds of Smith County. And she would back up uh, her husband on rhythm guitar while he played fiddle. And he said he would just notice these sweet runs that she would do on guitar that were really understated, but they really helped the song. They were really pretty, but they were very understated. So it's like, it's not like he was saying, oh, th this person just really rips and I love the solos they're doing. No, no, no. It was, he, he likes the sweetness of it. Well, let's try sailing. You played a lot with your wife too. Yeah, we out had songs. a good duet thing going, and like double guitars. Yeah, I would sort of capo up and teach her what I'd say was a good run, and she got a good sense about it anyway. And uh, I played bluegrass guitar with some bands in the past and gospel groups up at the Floyd store. I uh, played with Janet Turner for a few years. Uh, I got to be the only guitar player and I didn't, I could make the choices of what runs and what chords to use in general. Had a role and I felt like I was part of a team. It wasn't out front like the banjo and the mandolins, but it was just supportive of the music. And, uh, then I also wanted to be able to if I was playing in a jam, be able to support the other musicians and give them the, the downbeat and the backbeat both in a way that uh, doesn't have to depend on a bass to help define that. It's kind of rare to find a musician who is totally okay with taking a step back and being the, the rhythm guy, the, the guy that isn't up front. It's pretty rare, but I, I think in some of the circles in southwest Virginia, you're more likely to find those. Even in the Shenandoah Valley, I've seen that, where you play to be a part of a community, not to aggrandize oneself. Mm -hmm. 
understanding is that this music came from communities getting together to have fun at the end of a really hard, long work week. And it's kind of like like a reminder of what you're, we're all here on earth to do, you know? We're not all just here to slave away, we're here for community and a good time. Um, and I've definitely like felt that as a listener, but now that I play, there's definitely is a sense of community um, that you get and you'll support each other along. You know, we go and compete at fiddlers conventions and everything, but it's really not about who's better or anything. It's definitely, we're all supporting each other. She met her husband, her now husband, in Australia, Andrew Small. He was there performing. And actually, there seems to be a lot of musicians from southwest Virginia who are wildly popular in Australia. Jackson Cunningham and Martha Spencer, Eddie Bond has been out there, Kirk Sutphin, all these well-known names in southwest Virginia have friends in Australia, and they go and play every couple years, and they they go on tour, and they're well-received. So there is some, an interesting bond there, and I'm not sure what that is, but um, Ashley kind of represents, to me at least, that flow of music, that exchange of song, and she does beautifully with it. Did Ashley know about Mac before coming to Virginia? Ashley met Mac and Floyd, and they pr- still perform regularly together at the Floyd Country Store or at the jams around there. I'm not trying to preach with the stuff we're singing, like not being a protest singer or something, you know. Just trying to carry on a sound and and recognize some of the groups from the past that put those out in their time. And good music makes me feel good to link it to the history of this area. Does Ashley bring something unique to her playing of old-time music due to the fact she's from Australia? Yeah, I think so. Um, She was telling me that the music that she had access to in Australia and what she grew up listening to had a more progressive vibe to it. You know, not, not politically, mind you. This is musically progressive. Sure. And she said, you know, around Southwest Virginia... It seems to have deeper roots. Yeah, I I think that she's responding to that. And certainly she has a love for it. She's playing everywhere she can, and I I find that exciting. I, I think she's got a beautiful voice, and her guitar playing is just excellent. Well, I'm from Australia, and my dad got really into bluegrass music back in the 70s. I guess he must have heard 
Tony Rice or something. He was, he was definitely a big Tony Rice fan, and um, but he just brought all of us kids up on bluegrass music, that's what I heard growing up, and that's what I was singing along to and everything. Um, but I didn't get playing until I was 21, and I met my, well, he's my husband now. Um, and I, I was always trying to play, but um, yeah, he certainly showed me how to hold a rhythm, which is the most important thing. I really wanted to play the fiddle, and he said, well, if you're going to play fiddle, you should learn how to play the guitar, because it's a great way to get into a jam and start really being in a place where you can be active in the community, but you're listening a lot to the fiddle and the banjo and how it all works together. My dad, he was a great flat picker, still is, and he would sing for us as growing up and everything, and my brother got really into it, and he became a pretty hot flat picker, and um, that's actually how I met my husband. He started, he, he's from North Carolina, but he started a band with my brother, and they were touring in Australia, and they came over here, and um, so yeah, my dad and my, my two brothers, they both play music. And uh, my mum was always very supportive and our one family holiday every year was um, taking a 10 hour trip down south and going to the one bluegrass convention in Australia. So <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if Ashley coming to Virginia from Australia and she's coming into a community where this music is everywhere. These people are rooted in this music. I wonder if that's helped her dig even deeper into it. I think so. When I visited Mac and Ashley at Mac's shop, they had a book of Carter songs out that they were learning. And these are songs that certainly are bedrock for people who make music in Virginia. And she just seemed to be soaking it up. I don't quite know what's going on in her head, but I can say... <laughs> you don't? <laughs> believe it or not. But I feel like her enthusiasm is different because she came all the way here to learn more about it and play it. And there's something to be said for that. You know, I've been around the world, and I, I've felt connections to places. But I'll tell you, Chris, when I moved here, I felt a deep connection as well. And I can kind of relate to her on this. I didn't come here for music necessarily but there's a connection here that really holds you tight and i think that she's feeling that started learning the guitar and then when i picked up the fiddle again i had rhythm that i didn't have before and then when i picked up the banjo it was just this another piece of the puzzle and it all came easier um, once i'd learned one of the instruments um, but also, once I started playing the guitar, I realized that I like to sing a lot. And didn't know that before. One thing that I've noticed so far from all of the audio that you brought us is that no matter what these people do, it seems for all of them it's about community. It's about the relationships. They get through the art. That's it. 
I'm glad you picked up on that, Chris, because that's kind of a hallmark of folk art, is that there is a community. It comes from a community. It is an expression of a community, and it supports that community. about the mountain music of this area in particular so they've listened to the Carter family for sure and other groups from Virginia and this region sort of want to identify with the records from this particular region of the world and that means something to talked at all with Mac about what he's gotten out of the relationship with Ashley? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Mac has worked with young people making music in the region for a long time, specifically with the Jam Inc. program. But it's interesting. Mac is a kind of a quiet man, and I think it takes a lot for him to express emotions about things. You know, he, he, he's, a, he's a good man. He's a great musician. But something he told me, he said that Ashley shows that she cares by practicing the tunes. Mac is great. He teaches by example, which is exactly how I want to learn. Um, and he gives me space to make mistakes and try it again. I know he's spent a lot of time listening to a whole bunch of music. Um, so he's just got a whole lot of experience. And and how's Ashley as a student? Oh, she's wonderful. I can you show her something and she might take her one or two times, but she goes home and practice, and she's got it, and she shows me that she cares about practicing and wanting to do it, and has that desire to improve, and you know, that's great in a student. <laughs> And I thought that was so sweet. I think there's a really deep connection there. And I think that he's expressing that through how she treats the music. And this is a life's work for him. It's almost like the fact that she's showing respect for the music means that she's showing respect to Matt. Because he is so tied to the place and the music of Southwest Virginia. As I got into the 60s, I got attracted to the harmonies of the Beatles and singing kind of draw me, drew me in a lot, and then I wanted to have a guitar or some way to have those songs and play something along to uh, go with the, the melodies I'd heard. And then I saw 
people, Bob Dylan and John Lennon, and playing guitar and harmonica together, and that kind of led me into that path. And I just explored a lot of stuff over the years and got a banjo family when I was a senior in high school. Kind of went into more of the bluegrass world and guitar came along with that and I got into flat picking fiddle tunes and Doc Watson and Wayne Henderson made me a guitar back in 1976 when he was not well known really. Now you know his reputation's for a while. So I'm proud to have one of his guitars and I use it for playing that kind of music. It must mean so much to him to see someone come to this country and to dig this deep into this music that has been a part of his life forever. I think so. I think that's a nuance that we didn't quite get deep into, but I see it in how they play music together, and I, I hear it. When they do play music together, what's that vibe like? <laughs> you know, it's nothing fancy, Chris. That's kind of what makes it special. Yeah. It is unpretentious. Mm. I went there with a camera, and I interviewed them, but I also set the audio recorder up and asked them to play me a couple songs. And one of the ones that Mac and Ashley played was called Shootin' Creek. Like, I know it's really great, because Mac, you really kept alive on the tune Shootin' Creek. Whereas I feel like if you hadn't come along, I don't know that anyone here in Floyd would be playing Shootin' Creek if you weren't like, hey, this is a local tune. And you're teaching it to all the jam kids and everything, and now it's like, this is our tune, but people don't tend to play outside of this area either. So it's kind of like yeah. a connection to place and history. Yeah, yeah, I like to let the kids get some familiarity because they could know there's a Shootin' Creek right close and the tune is something that they live right here near it and uh, it's an important thing and uh, other areas don't have it but it's our unique thing that we can put in our repertoire and play for a good flat foot dancer or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> I know well, I kept on hanging on that one chord. Well that was showing the difference Shooting Creek is there in Floyd, and it's nothing that fancy, but it's not often played anywhere else but in Floyd County. And so that was special to hear that. Sometimes the simplest things in life are the most beautiful. Chris, I can't agree with you anymore. I operate by the KISS rule. Keep it simple, stupid. There's something really special about seeing it stripped down to the bare minimum. That's it. Interesting you say that. I, I am a sucker for a great guitar solo, and I, <laughs> I I look at musicians like Danny Nicely from right here in the Valley who will just bend a song and make it interesting and do things with scales and arpeggios that I wouldn't even think to. But to hear the stripped-down 
bare bones version of a song, that can really hit your heart. Sister won't treat you like mother will when your mother is dead. Sister won't treat you like mother will when your mother is dead. You may ask for a piece of bread, you are told to go with it. Mother does put a hard time in this world. I have mixed feelings sometimes that sometimes that young folks are going off out in the regressive wing of things and they're teaching stuff out and, and maybe they're missing something because they're just kind of it's natural to leave things out as you go in the progressive way but uh, then I run into people like Andrew and Ash they're on the track I'd want the future to be more on but it's nothing wrong with the other way either it's just natural they're seriously trying to hang on to the older sounds and, and listen hard and have the just the way they listened and learned and, and practiced to do the things that they hear that I hear. So I feel good about the future. Well, I definitely want to continue to dive deep into the traditional guitar, banjo, and fiddle style. Also, I want to continue to be a performing musician and um, make recordings and everything, so no one's going to record like a Reno and Smiley song better than they've already done it. So if you want to continue to put yourself out in that way, you have to come up with new and original music. So I guess the challenge for me is to create new music in a traditional kind of sound. And maybe it hits your heart because that's probably how it was done in the beginning. People weren't taking solos and they were just playing to play. They were playing to play and they were playing so that people could dance. That, and that's a big part of how music is consumed in Southwest Virginia then and now. To be a bearer of tradition and just to not lose touch of what once was and um, not that we have to be stuck there but just to remember what the music was about and what it was for and it can be new again to some people that never heard it the first time exactly and we're not exactly creating new but we're trying to keep it going and, and turn people on to something we think is good and there are plenty of people that need to at least run their ears by it and, and they hope we would do something that would catch their ear and make them want to hear more Pat Jarrett from the Virginia Folklife Program, thank you again for bringing us some awesome audio. This was beautiful. Thanks, Chris. Really appreciate you. Should have done my Uncle Norm ending. I forgot. <laughs> That's good.